Podcast. Today, myself, Katie, will be joined by Gary Moscarelli to talk about his fundraisers for Wildlife Conversation. Conservation. Conservation. <laughs> Dr. Doolittle, baby, talking to the animal. <laughs> you practiced that eight times and you just, you just didn't get that. <laughs> okay, so where do you want to start? Let me well, start with your inspiration. I think I will. I think I will. Inspiration. Well, guys, Who is it's your inspiration. <laughs> it's an honor. It's an honor to be on the podcast. I'm sorry if this is a little bit informal. Me and Katie are sitting <laughs> out the back of my gaff in Galway, smoking rollies. But, uh, it's a uh, it's a common scene. It's it's a oh, it's a common seems. scene. But yeah, my name is Gary Moscarelli. I have just turned 21 years old. I'm a zoology oh my student. God, you're a big boy. I'm old as fuck now, bro. <laughs> but um, I am a zoology student in NUIG. And I've been working in wildlife conservation since I was about 18, but it's always been kind of what I wanted to do. Because I remember when I was very small, like I lost my dad when I was two and a half and I had no real father figure. And I can just remember, it's very cringy, but Steve Irwin being the only (laughs) male in my life. And I was basically brainwashed from that. Wait, wait a second. Is that why you call your snake Steve? Yeah. Oh my God, (laughs) how have I not made that connection? Yeah, Steve is Steve for Steve Irwin. For yes. any of you non-insiders, Steve is my carpet python, um, the <laughs> love of my life. Did you find him? What? Oh, I think he's somewhere <laughs> in the gaff. Yeah, I yeah, know. I, I got a few calls off mom this morning, so I think he's back in his uh, back in his home. He went for a walkabout yesterday in, in my home <laughs> house. For a stroll, like. But anyways, Sorry. yeah. It's okay. <laughs> Continue. Anyways, yeah. So really, my inspiration was when I saw this guy uh, who brought like wildlife conservation to like the main stage. Like he was. He really, he really like epitomated fucking, I don't even know. It's okay, I said conversation. Yeah. He really highlighted the fact that if you want to make a change in the world, you have to get, like, you have to make it popular, you have to make it trendy, you have to make people care about it. Like, long gone are the days of scientists, like, posting obscure papers and no one caring about it. If you want to make a difference, you have to get numbers on your side. And he had like his TV show that grossed millions of dollars, his movie grossed $33 million at box office, and every cent went back into conservation. And that's kind of where I got the idea really for the, for the fundraisers and really just for what I want to do in life. So obviously I moved to Ireland when I was six, when I was six from Florida, born in America. Ew. Unfortunately, no, like. <laughs> I'm really good at putting on the Galway accent though, you know? Like, someone asked me, I'm like, I'm Italian-Irish, not Italian-American. But, moved when I was six and right when I finished the leave insert a lot of my friends wanted to go to Ibiza or something like that and I was like no I'm that is a shite roly. it's grand that's roly. a shite roly. man this is fucking fake news bro <laughs> this is a good roly. this is a good Gary Moscarelli roly. I'm so glad nobody else has to see this <laughs> pulls like a champ okay as I was saying so I finished the leave insert and um I was like, what do I want to do with my life? So I applied to work at an animal sanctuary in Thailand. Was spo- I went over on my own. I was supposed to be there for two weeks. After three days, I got a tattoo extended for a month and not told my mom and had probably the, gr- the greatest time of my entire life. And ever since then, it's just been what I've wanted to do. And it's, yeah. it's been what I've been doing for the past three years now. Yeah, not. It's fantastic, Roly. That's, that's shy, Roly. It's so skinny. But, um, so tell us more about like Thailand and Belize and stuff. Yeah, so um, the, la- the two places I've worked in wildlife conservation were Thailand and Belize so far, and a little bit in the college, which I'll talk about 
a bit later. But Thailand, for people that want to get involved in this, and I think it's so important to get like information about mm. this if people are really passionate about. Yeah. Somewhere like Wildlife Friends Foundation Thailand is where I went when I was 18, and it's such a good stepping stone to get into wildlife conservation because you're basically just going there, and you're like giving them like free labor like mm -hmm. you're cleaning out the enclosures you're like living in the middle of the jungle you're feeding the animals every day but you don't have that much responsibility but it teaches you the hard work yeah. it needs and you're in a different country with 70 new kids you've never met mm -hmm. before and you're having yeah. the time of your life but with Belize because crocodiles are my are my passion and it's what I want to like conserve and protect so I applied to work for ACES, which is the American Crocodile Education Sanctuary in Belize, which is just above Costa Rica in South America. Mm -hmm. And I got accepted to do that, and I went and did an internship last summer, just in like the northernest bit of the Amazon. Northernest. Northernest. <laughs> northernest bit in the Amazon. And um, what that basically was, that was like the next step. So if you go and volunteer, like I did in Thailand, you're just giving your time and your effort, and like they and your money and they appreciate it and it keeps the sanctuary going but this was much more of like i am working for them yeah. for free and while i was in belize it was mainly like rescue and relocation where american crocodiles are endangered so we could get a call and i was just living with the two <coughs> wildlife biologists and um we could get a call like five in the morning and someone's like oh there's a crocodile in my pool i'm about to shoot it come get this or we're gonna <laughs> fucking kill it so it's a croc in my pool <laughs> croc in the water but that was amazing. I was there for a month and just to see what it's like to like work as a scientist. Like when I'm, yeah. when I'm done my degree, like it, 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 it's hard, it's bro. <laughs> yeah. yeah, bro, it's fucking Shit. Up. This degree something like, but that was the best experience I think of my entire life. Do you think Belize is better than Thailand then? Thailand as an experience, cause I was like just finished the leave and yeah. and I had just gone. That was nearly like dare I say I had more fun but I jeez I had fucking a lot of fun with these. <laughs> but um it was it was great but like the the work that I did in Belize was so much more important because yeah, I was just there was only three of us it was me and two biologists and we were working every day like rescue relocation rehabilitating mm -hmm. animals like rehabilitating crocodiles like my jobs really were we'd go out at night and do surveys and like it, it was pure like Mowgli spec I don't think I ever wanted to come back I'd be on the bow yeah. of the boat at two in the morning seeing an eye shine and fucking diving into the water wow. like like it was it was it was beautiful and like we would wake up in the morning and i'd have to feed all the crocodiles whoever was like rehabilitated enough i would take them out re-release them and it was just such like i don't know it, it just intrinsically was just like this is what i want to do mm -hmm. like i, I, were, I never were want you to ever be... scared though like i mean they're fucking crocodiles scared we to be honest like when you're in countries like that and you realize like like this is my passion like yeah. i have no i don't have a, like an inherent fear of reptiles or animals but like it kind of keeps you on your toes nearly like a primitive yeah. thing but like i can re i can remember and i can say this now because chris and christina who i work with they know this now. <laughs> but um i remember there was a they had a big croc that we caught called phineas that um <laughs> and phineas had been hit with a machete by one of the locals and we um, had to rehabilitate him and we were changing his water he's like 11 and a half feet long oh, so um when we caught him the first day we caught him the first day like i was completely like i was ready to go i had a good night's sleep caught phineas we released him back into his like holding pond 
And then he was like, right, we're going to move him out of there on Sunday and release him. Mm -hmm. So, like, Friday night, I'm like, right, I Saturday off. Fucking sweet. Like, (laughs) one thing leads to another and I end up just not sleeping. And, like, waking up. Like, I had to start work at 6 in the morning every morning. And it was, like, 5.50. And I'm just wide awake. Off (laughs) off the the buzz of fun, I guess. That good old Colombian fun, you know? (laughs) (laughs) And, um... (laughs) So I just get this call off Chris and he's like, oh yeah, we're going to move Phineas now. And I'm just there like, oh, okay. <laughs> and I'm looking at the water of this animal and like my, um, my bones are shaking with tiredness. I was like, if I, if I go now, I go now. Like, yeah. But no, all was fine. Just like, I found that like the adrenaline that you get when it kicks in mm-hmm. is, I don't know, it, I, I could have had no sleep for four days, but it's just like, yeah, what I want to do. But it was me, it was hanging out and like working with, people that have the same passion as me of course passion, yeah. yeah passion as me because i i'd never experienced that before like i was saying things to them that i've been saying for years and they have the same thing in mm-hmm. their heart like the whole thing of just like we're on this earth i believe for what max 80 90 years yeah. do you know how many fucking you and anyone could just be an old rich person why yeah. don't you want to be a superhero use every ounce of money that you have to to save the world like this yeah. is where we all live like you don't even mm-hmm. have to be a hippie that loves animals or nature this is our home this is yeah. where we live and like i just feel like if you have this amount of time on earth why not put it into productivity and just go course, for it absolutely like. yeah and it's sick as fuck you <laughs> see my instagram resting <laughs> girls will love it bro sweet tinder pics and all <laughs> katie set up my tinder and we got to have cross pics in there i remember when i like first came to diesel and like you weren't working there at the time and like you just sent in a picture of you like wrestling a croc into the diesel I was like who is this boy like who Good is boy, he like. <laughs> Cass. and do you think so Thailand and Belize is what kind of like prompt you to set up the fundraisers then mm, oh, the and stuff? absolutely like I um, my first fundraiser I did was Ray for the Rainforest and it was in um, where do you think like the idea initially came from like when were you like oh shit I'm going to set up a fundraiser mm. I remember um, I was sitting, um, I was sitting in the Beelin of NUIG mm. with someone who's very dear to me, um, Louise McDougall, and she helped mm. me set up um, Ray for the Reef um, the second time. And we were um, sitting in the Beelin, and we're going through Instagram, and I just see the World Land Trust come up. And the World Land Trust is this fantastic organization where their their main patron is David Attenborough. And they just try and just hoard money and it's like boots on the ground conservation where they buy rainforest or they buy coral reef and they just leave it as it is. They, mm-hmm. they stop palm oil companies buying it. They buy it and then it just becomes like like a um, wildlife reserve or it just, it just remains untouched. And I see this, I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. I want to do this. I'm going to start this fundraiser. And what I first started off was I wasn't, I hadn't even thought of... Um, like doing a thing in the Roisin. How, yeah. how I got to do an event in the Roisin is a fucking whole other story. Mm-hmm. But I was like, right, I'm going to start a fundraiser. So from like halfway through, no, from the end of first year until like, mm, until July, I was just raising money like through my Instagram. And I got to like 850 euro raised. And that's, it was, for every 90 euro I raised, it was going to be uh, an acre of land in the Amazon was going to be saved. That's mad like. So I got to like 850 euro. And then I was walking through anyway. No, I went to Belize. No, no, I was walking through NUIG. <laughs> I was walking through NUIG and I saw this guy, this is so random, and he had this big like gramophone like setup. And he had this art this art project. And I was like, Oh hey bro, what are you doing? He was like, Oh I'm an artist, but this is like my fundraiser. Um I um he's like, I'm trying to we're gonna raise like three more grand. I think it was for um 
what was it for? I think it could have been Childline or something he was doing mm. for. I can't remember, but yeah. shout out to Childline, you know, yeah. donate to them. <laughs> and um, and he was like, oh, do you, do you want the do you want any like contacts? Like, do you want to do an event? And I was like, fucking yeah, man, that's awesome. And he was like, here's the number for the mayor, and here's the number for the Roisin Dove. And I was like, sweet. So I just like cold called the mayor of Galway. Like I just like <laughs> rang him, that's and <laughs> I was I was just like, hey man, I'm trying to do this event. Like, um, and then. <laughs> What I said to him was, I basically was like, if this is going to work, I'm going to have to kind of like swindle these boys. So I called the mayor and I told him, Googie, who owns the Roisin, Googie doesn't know this either, but it's grand now. Isn't it? <laughs> I, I told the mayor that Googie for the Roisin like, is behind me and wants to do this charity thing and I want to do a street Cisco, like a street silent disco. And then I called Googie, who owns the Roisin, and I was like, here, man, me and the mayor are fucking tight, <laughs> and we want to do this. So both of them were like, sweet, if he wants to do it, let's yeah. do it. So we got it together, and um, we couldn't do a street Cisco, because they're only allowed to do two a year, but we got the event booked in the Roisin, and I was like, all right, this is going to be it. So Googie gave me like 350 tickets to sell for it, and the capacity for the Roisin is like 700 or something like that, so mm. he could make all the tickets come in, and then whoever comes in on the night, he gets that money, and I get the money for the tickets. And, and that's kind of when the planning began and mm-hmm. it was it was all of our friends like it was like I've known Katie yeah. for fucking yonks like so yonks. it was Katie yonks. Kate Josh Elliot every, everyone Shout all of my friends all, all <laughs> man where the hood at like here we go 79 Harlan Road yeah 79 I got the tattoo no that's a whole other story it doesn't matter we're trying to be professional here so we had the event and um I had my mate's band play at it, um, and they'd only played one gig at the time, and they were in Cork. Um, the band's name was Rodney, and we got another band called New Dad, who are, um, they're two Galway-based bands I'd absolutely, like, 100% um, recommend. recommend checking them out. And um, I had no idea how it was going to go, and just from just support of people sharing in the community, mm. we managed it to... It was s- mad, like, it was so hyped up. Like, yeah. I remember you just going to, what's that cafe, and then you were called again? Oh, Smokies. Smokies. And just, like, every day being there for, like, two hours and, like, just shitload of people just come up to you, like, asking for tickets and everything. It was so popular. Yeah, no, the, the hype that it got was, yeah, was amazing. Insane. And um, shout out to Faye Larkin. Her name on Instagram was Faye PDF. She did the posters for the two of them. Mm-hmm, beautiful, beautiful artwork. And we just plastered NUIG with these posters. Mm-hmm. And we managed to sell the 350 tickets out. And a um, load, load of people came on the door that night as well. And we managed to raise 3,300 euro and bought 33 acres of land in the Amazon that can now never be touched, Fucking never right. be touched. And th- I, it was that night. <laughs> 33 sexy acres of the rainforest. Sir. 33. Thank you, sir. Daddy David Frederick Attenborough. <laughs> Amen, bro. And I remember being there in the night and like my friend's band have just absolutely murdered uh, it in front of about 500 people. Uh. And I had to go up and like thank everyone and I was looking out there and I've never been more passionate seeing just this group of young people that mm-hmm. have come together. It's it's like if you want to make a change in the world, like as like Steve Irwin said, you have to have fun with it. And I'm yeah. looking out out of all these like minded people out here having pints, having roadies, oh. just raving to save the fucking world. You know what I mean? And it was just beautiful. And yeah. same thing again happened with um Ray for the Reef and mm-hmm. we got in contact with a charity called the Reef Restoration Foundation. And um, the lighter. yes, you can of course. And they're really important as well because the the sea temperatures at the moment are rising, and it's causing coral bleaching, which is causing all the corals to like expel. It's causing all the corals to the temperature rises, and it causes all the corals to like expel their. Hold on, expel their calcium. It's 
Take two ones. If I need to get this right, because the refresh yeah. rate of my nation do uh, <laughs> great work, and I don't want to get them wrong. But basically what they do is they are breeding um, climate-resistant climate coral, where this coral can live in rising sea, rising sea temperatures. So what we did was we did the same thing again. Faye did the artwork, and this time we had Turnstiles play, which are a fantastic mm-hmm. band to go, and yeah. we had Rodney again. And we raised, like I think it was 2,600 euro, and we bought four... Um, coral nursery branches to mm-hmm. expand the Great Barrier Reef. Yeah, that's and um, after that, I was like, "This is so achievable!" Like, mm-hmm. I, like if if you care about like wildlife conservation, and I always say this, like you kind of have to go. Well, my theory and everything is you got to go balls to the walls on everything. Yeah. Like, and I mean, I get like every little helps. Like, share what you can, do everything, but it's attainable. It's so mm-hmm. easy. I'm an yeah. idiot, and I did this. <laughs> like, I'm like I'm so disorganized, <laughs> and I was able to make this like micro macro change in the yeah. world so the one thing i would say from this is if you want to do something just do just it do like, it like, and, like <laughs> and i always find that the way is like what really inspired me to do this was that like the corporations and uh, oil companies and stuff the reason that they are in power and the reason that the world is dying is because they lied and they stole mm. and they cheated to get there but that's what we got to do this is a fight yeah. like we're fighting for the world so yeah. you can't you can't always play by the rules. You just have to fucking do it. Like, mm-hmm. lie to the mayor. Let it happen. Like, let's fucking go. You know what I mean? So I was like, after those two events and the support of all of my mates, because, like, Ray for the Reef especially, that was me and Louise, and the support that we got from um, from our friends, like, it, it could have been... It wouldn't have been nothing without yeah. them. Like, I remember... Like Kat, Roshi, and Josh. Big shout out to Josh all his new um, singles coming out. Uh, but um, he needs some milk. Well, good tune. But um, they went around um, all of Carve Village and plastered it with um, with posters. Like mm-hmm. Elliot was out in the rain with me for for hours in Carve Village mm-hmm. selling tickets, like door to door, like yeah. cold calling on first. He was like, "Hey, do you want to come to our event?" Yeah. But it, it was just, it really just like showed me what people can do when they put their heads together you know what I mean absolutely it's beautiful as well like the fact that you can all come together and like and we had an absolute laugh and I have to say like she's been a bit quiet at the moment but hey. Katie Mumahill <laughs> got 15 people to nah, go to this nah 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 it was over 20 yeah no it, it was well over 20 yeah yeah I who was it between me and who it was the most did I get the most? No, the you end? got the most in the yeah. end because like no one, no one got over twenty. <laughs> Every two days, Katie would be like, oh, "I need seven more tickets." I was like, "Where are you getting these people?" Like, Katie's getting a I've bus of contacts. people into this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh lord, like, but um, no, it really did show me like what like you can Just do. What when one you... person can do, or like one idea in a sense. What loads of people can do because yeah. there, there was so many of us and we all came together and it was mm-hmm. it was beautiful. Do you want to talk about boogie for boogs for born? Might as well, might as well wrap it up Bit as, of promotion. I, um, as I'm finishing my rally. <laughs> I'm going to take <laughs> a shower after this, yeah. <laughs> but um, Boogie for Borneo is going to be the next one in it. Got oh, my really um, Boogie for Borneo is going to be the next um, rave in the Roisin Dove, or wherever it may be. I hope it's in the Roisin, but we'll just see what's going to happen there. And we're hoping to do it as the first. Whenever all of this um, COVID stuff goes away, we don't need COVID talk mm, on this. No, like, we hear no enough COVID about talk, it. Like, thank you. That's like Katie's phrase, no yeah, COVID talk. No, no C word. No C word. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so um, basically the owner of the Roshin said that he wants it to be the first like non-socially distanced night. Mm-hmm. So whenever we're grand or whatever, yeah, like yeah. there's 
eight people left on the earth or we all get a vaccine, whatever happens. Like, we'll still have a rave. When it, whenever we're allowed to do shit properly, we're going to have um, Boogie for Borneo. And it's with the World Land Trust again. And what we're trying to do is we're trying to connect these two wildlife corridors in Borneo where it's the last the last stronghold of orangutans in the mm-hmm. world. So if we can protect these wildlife corridors and allow them to like allow them to continue to like genetically exchange with other groups of orangutans so like palm oil companies can't come in and segregate the groups because that's a whole thing of like even evolution that if there's a group of orangutans here and a group of orangutans here and in the middle if like that gets all get cut down and they can't intermix that that absolutely screws the whole genetic pool and like they they won't continue on and that kind of stuff so hopefully we're thinking in the new year at some stage Mm -hmm. to do a boogie for Borneo. and what's the plan for music see for music we don't know what the crack is at yeah. the moment. Hopefully, like, um, I'm friends with a few of the boys that played the last time. Well, I'm friends with the... I love those boys. But, like, <laughs> if I can get Rodney to play it again, we'll see what the crack is. They're kind of on a bit of a break at the moment. Um, but um, any any upcoming artists or bands yeah, or anything like that, Irish. anyone in Ireland, come hit yeah. me up on Instagram. <laughs> let's fucking do it. Like, let's save the world. So I'm, I'm open to anything. And Amazing. I'll get anyone to play it, yeah. Amazing. Perfect. Thank you very much. Um, anything? Any last words? How can people help? Any particular fundraisers? Yeah. So if you want to help, I always say that. Was um, <laughs> 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 Osborne? Do you want to? Do you want to come on in? Like, say hello, little podcast here. <laughs> <laughs> Just say hello. <laughs> okay. Actually, Lauren, someone that wasn't mentioned, but Lauren did so yeah. much work for the rainforest as well. She's a real G. Always like follow Lauren. <laughs> Twitter, she did so much, she shared it all for us. So, uh, she's freaking out here in the kitchen at the moment. It's all G, bro. But, anyways, yes, if you want to help, we'll wrap this up. Um, if you want to help, there's so many organizations you can um, donate to. The World Land Trust is a fantastic one, of course, because they physically buy land. Like, how much they'll show you how many euros per acre you need, and you can just give them the money and they'll send you a certificate and they'll show you exactly how much money you've saved there's so many organizations like aces who i work work with in belize the american education american crocodile education sanctuary they do amazing work for the rainforest in belize same with wildlife friends foundation thailand and honestly even just at home go and plant a tree or pick up <laughs> some litter or yeah. like i don't know what i like to do is i don't know if any of you smoke rollies but um, <laughs> your filters don't throw them on the ground because birds eat them and they think they're full and they die so Aww. just put them in your back pocket it's a nice little, little uh, personality trait like get a, get a rolly box get a rolly box you want to know here but um yeah amazing that, that's how right thank you so much for listening to today's podcast and thank you again for joining me um tune in next week for our next podcast and have a lovely day